Wow, wow, wow. I am so excited to share this with you. Holy Spirit has just ministered so wonderfully to me. So today we continue our series on Peace is Always Beautiful. Today, peace begins with me and having peace. Well, okay, wife of 38 years, pastor since 2010, an author and entrepreneur with five online stores. I love God ideas that make creative money. You know, you ought to hang around just a little bit more. Amen? In this episode of Life Application and Real Testimony, I give you four building blocks to evaluate and stand on. One, difficulty and surrender. Two, community is never broken. Three, fairy dust, my fave. And four, we must have a goal. Remember, we are a workshop discussion on change and purpose. Remember, Jesus has redefined what we, you and me, used to say yes to. Oh, this is going to be so good. I'll see you on the inside. Hello from the Pacific Northwest. This is Kristen from KristenWombach.com, and you're listening to Intentional Now Podcast. Answer me this. How does a Baptist farm girl from Oregon stumble upon the mystical nature of Christ, the love of God? If you're like me, Jesus has redefined what you used to say yes to. Join me and my guest on a mystical journey. But before we talk about the spiritual woo-woo, you need to know I am totally sold out to Jesus. It's amazing what the love of God reveals. Welcome, welcome back, family, to our series on peace. It's always so beautiful. Today, already, we are talking about our fifth wonder within peace. Peace begins with me. Okay, let's just crack open those building blocks, all right? Number one, making peace is not without its measure of difficulty or surrender. Mm -hmm. You give up the right of being right for the privilege of living in peace. I'll say that again. You give up the right of being right for the privilege of living in peace. Some stepping stones that support a peaceful heart. Peace with God. Let me give you this great snippet from Romans 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Even when we feel distant, Jesus has provided a clear path of being at peace with God. Wow. I'd suggest, mm, let me say that again. I'd suggest, I'm raising my hand, <laughs> that at some point in our journey of life, we have, you and I, 
have attempted to step off the path made for us by Jesus Christ. Amen. By his grace, like a mother hen scoots her wayward chicks back under her wings, we step back into community with God. Praise God that we do. (laughs) Praise God. I don't know if you have ever lived on a farm before or had chickens, but sometime when you get the opportunity to watch a collection of chickens and hens with baby chicks, watch the way she clucks and she scratches and she moves about the yard and gets that one little wayward chick that's just off minding his own business and getting too far from her watchful eye. I, chickens, they're so humorous and you can learn so much, right? Building block number two, community was never broken. Mm-mm. We just stopped answering the invitation to sit at his table. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good word right there. We just stopped answering the invitation to sit at his table. It was never broken, never. So the first goal of a conversation is understanding, not agreement. That's from Danny Silk. The first goal of conversation is understanding, not agreement. So in order to bring more light upon the word peace, peace with God, peace beginning with me, I took a brief adventure to add more words to my vocabulary because I'm unpacking understanding, not agreement, okay? So there is a fabulous website called Wikidiff. It's absolutely wonderful. What you do is you enter two words to compare and contrast their definitions, origins, and synonyms to better understand how those words are related. It's like you put them on the table to see who can duke it out and what's left standing at the end, and then you understand. Understanding not agreement. That's, that's what we're looking for in a conversation of peace. So if we're going to gain insight in the conversations of our hearts, where understanding is supported by listening, and agreement finds its place in the passenger seat, um, yeah, I, I notice that I make these squeaks and stuff along the way. I've been married for 38 years. I think that is enough said. I get to have squeaks along the way, right? We raise our hands and we go, amen. I hear you, sister, and I know what you're talking about. Let me say that again. I'm laughing at myself. If we are to gain insight in the conversation of the heart, where understanding is supported by listening, and agreement finds its place in the passenger seat, What is the difference between understanding and agreement? Agreement doesn't necessarily mean understanding and vice versa. 
So this statement highlights an important difference between the two terms. Understanding refers to comprehending a concept or an idea and being able to explain it in one's own words, right? In, in, I can tell you in my words if you ask me a question. Can we explain our relationship with God? With God, with self? Can, can we just explain that in normal conversation? So another individual can comprehend it. Well, it involves grasping the meaning of something and being able to apply that knowledge in different situations. When I talk about engaging heaven, stepping through the veil, and knowing God experientially, that would totally unpack this. Because I can have a conversation with you and my experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ can be comprehended and I can explain it. It involves accepting or approving of what someone else is saying without necessarily fully comprehending it. The key difference between understanding and agreement is that the former involves a deep comprehension of something, there's the understanding, while the latter, the agreement, is more about being on the same page as someone else. So while agreement may be important in certain situations, it is essential to strive for understanding, especially when it comes to complex issues, ideas, I'll throw in things in the spirit. So by seeking to understand, we can learn from others and broaden our own perspective. What's the difference between understanding and agreement? I'm going to talk a little bit more technical here because we're going to have fun. Nouns and verbs and adjectives. So a noun is understanding is uncountable. Yep, there, there's, there's no numbers to it. Mentally, sometimes emotionally, the process of comprehension, assimilation of knowledge, which is subjective by its nature, understanding, it, it, it's not countable. While agreement is countable. Yeah, I mean, if you shake hands with somebody and make an agreement, you can count it. You can count that it has happened. An understanding between entities to follow a specific course of action or contact. Mm -hmm. Whereas an adjective understanding is, is showing compassion. I understand. So that means there's an action, there's a feeling, there's a sense that you are releasing and giving, which shows compassion. And as a verb, it's, I understand. So it's, it's like looking at a situation eye to eye and say, yep, I understand. Got it. All right. A little bit more fun here. I took the above statements and thoughts and I dropped them into my AI, my artificial intelligence. Yes, we're going to hit this AI thing. And I asked it to rewrite it 
with a little fairy dust on it. Yes, you can tell your AI to put a little fairy dust on it, and it is so much fun. Are you ready? So building block number three, fairy dust. <laughs> In the realm of linguistic magic, the distinction between understanding and agreement is woven from the threads of perception. Understanding, a mystic force that transcends the boundaries of the tangible, is an exclusive and subjective grasp on comprehension, often permeated with emotion. Whereas agreement, in contrast, is tangible understanding between entities stipulating a shared path of action. As an ethereal objective, an adjective, understanding showcases the magic of compassion, embracing the boundlessness of empathy. And as a verb, understanding beckons forth the seeker to unravel the mysteries of meaning, delving into the very essence of things. <laughs> a little fairy dust. But... For me, I could understand the fairy test because it was ethereal and spiritual. It talked about what's hiding behind the unseen. The Hebrew letters, they, when they write Hebrews letters in a Torah, um, they never touch. And that's because they believe there's black letters and there's white letters. So the white letters in between is what not seen, but it's actually written in the unseen. Ooh-hoo, see? Fairy dust. So how joyful you are when you make peace, for then you will be recognized as a true child of God. Matthew 5, 9, the Passion Translation. Mm -mm -mm. We also would recognize that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. <laughs> From our last episode, again, a valuable quote. Courage is often found in the quiet moments with no audience. So the story that I'm going to share did not have an audience. It was an audience of one. A story, a well-told told story, protects relationships on both sides of the page. Highlight, understanding comprehends that I am not in agreement with you. It's a painful testimony. So I open my book. Mm-hmm. Where did we start? I am in chapter nine called Halfway, page 104. There we go. Okay, this is the time to do the breathe in and the breathe out. Let's do that again. Can I talk to pastors and leaders for a minute, please? I've worn the hat, been there, done that, 
believed God every step of the way, just like you have. I feel very honored when people address my relationship within the church through addressing me by the title pastor. It is a privilege to marry. It's a privilege to bury people. I'm uniquely different, I'd say. I'd rather do the burying honors than the marrying. There is a brilliant benefit of seeing in the spirit. It makes it so refreshing to witness an individual coming to their own service, their own wake, their own celebration of life. I know. Okay. I've seen them, and in the spirit, they always lay hands on their loved ones. Mm -hmm. What a privilege it is to perceive the kingdom of heaven. And yes, I am a leader of a small ecclesia, and I mentor other groups in the continuing interlude. I sense there's a little freedom for you and I to apprehend by me telling a painful story part of my journey. From the top side of things regarding inner healing circles. Mm -hmm. So wearing a pastor's hat has also graciously made me available mm, to perfect moments to ask many wounded individuals for forgiveness. We all have had our leadership errors, our oops, And feathers have been ruffled during pursuits of the heart. Not that I was in the instance of inner healing, the inflicted of the pain. I I, I didn't do the infliction here. But ah, the treasure of asking for forgiveness as a pastor to another who has been wounded, asking for forgiveness brings healing to a wounded sheep. I have also been that injured sheep who has been healed and is taking responsibility through forgiveness for, I'll call it a glory shortage in leadership or the pastorate. Time with Jesus and a heartfelt exchange has dislodged many an arrow from words and actions misunderstood. Back to my brief story with bit of hindsight included. (laughs) Tucked in between the chapters I call Getting Permission and Earth Invading Heaven, Holy Spirit was opening up my, my eyes to see more than just angels. It was a hand in hand, the arrival of ministry gifts and gifts to minister to the body. It's it's, it's the responsibility of the gift holder to humble one's self to Holy Spirit, to receive instruction and to mature the gifts and to learn how to use them. At this point in time, I was frustrated because no leader in my current circle and area of influence Nobody was teaching this stuff. Well, that didn't deter Holy Spirit from pouring and pouring and expanding. The overflow just isn't contained in any box. Amen? The river flow 
We'll leak and find the most accessible route to travel. So Don and I had done, in this particular season, the church shopping thing, which naturally seemed to go with moving into a new town for employment. I was attempting to be a good little wife, <laughs> allowing my husband to lead. Note, versus the wisdom of communion where both spouses are empowered. Yes, we've changed a few things since then. So most of my struggle was what my head was trying to grasp that was contrary to my heart. Don graciously has never usurped authority because of the doctrines either of us heard. While we are church shopping, my favorite church visited, of course, was the Foursquare since they had already worked out that flesh thing about women in the pulpit. Well, to a degree. So, But Don felt like we should attend a charismatic association. So the lead pastor was a hoot. And he could teach. I learned so much about Romans from this gifted teacher. But at this point in our pastoral relationship, he had said to me, Kristen, mm, I love you, but I don't know what to do with you. Ugh. That was not the first time I had encountered that statement. A few months later, he moved into a university teaching position and left the local church, canvassing through another season of change. Mm. I have great empathy for any pastoral family that has had to endure the canvassing checklist. Uh. Well, after a few months, a new pastor and his wife accepted employment and uplifted excitement returned within our congregation. I continued to lead women's ministry and youth groups. I fell immediately in love with the new pastor's wife. She was a wise peach. In years before, this insane season of being spiritually misdiagnosed, I had a particular anointing flowing through me, and pastor's wives, they trusted me. <laughs> Befriending them is not an easy assignment. They have been through the ringer, singing it all, undergone verbal assault by many a wounded sheep, and had to keep their mouth shut about the entire thing. Ouch. So earning the privilege of being a confidant is huge. Now, Miss Page and I were mm, immersing ourselves in intercession. It's a semi-safe place for those who are spiritually um weird. You open enough doors in faith and spiritual stuff starts to manifest. It just happens. Problems began. <laughs> Her husband grew up within a respected pastoral lineage, family history. I so enjoyed hearing church stories when he was young and when they used to let their hair down. The pastor, oh, he would share crazy family stories 
from the good old revival and tent meeting days. He was just a young lad then. He witnessed crazy miracles and healing revivals within the pastoral service family tree. His dad, his grandfather, pastors of great faith. The parts of the stories that many didn't hear were when man started falsifying and copying and pasting what began as a bona fide miracle, now altered by a man's self-desire. Well, backstage, wounded, this young man's heart changed towards Holy Spirit. He saw the made-up miracle acted out miracle time and time again. Man's attempt to help God out. So take a moment to ponder the trauma towards a developing hero of the faith and Holy Spirit here. Years later in his faithful ministry, I come along, Holy Spirit fire breathing with signs and gifts and healings were manifesting. Mm -hmm. What memories do you think I stirred up inside of him? Mm-hmm. You got it. Every disword out there. Gosh, it was hard. Can I say that again? Um, yes, it was very hard. I'd submitted to church leadership and whoever was supposedly in authority over me. That's just what you did. The protocol was to share words of knowledge, dreams, understandings, and never opening one's mouth without that proverbial permission. Mm -hmm. The chapter in the book on getting permission was such a war. Oh, yes, a war. Until one day when the straw broke the camel's back. I was forced to choose authority's consent or healing. The camel broke over somebody with a collapsed lung. Both choices, they just couldn't live in the same house together. In all that nonsense... I received one of the best directive words ever in my life from this pastor through a very angry rebuke. A sad day delivered during a privately called meeting, a board member and pastor. My error in hindsight is that my husband, Don, he really should have been there with me. In that meeting, he unleashed a handwritten, two-page front and back yellow legal pad of all those diswords, of all those accusations accounted to my responsibility. Mm -hmm. What does one do? I sat there as every accusation spoke line upon line until the yellow pad could only be flipped over and repeated. I asked for forgiveness, and it seemed like hours on the hot seat. My response through tears, oh, it was so hard. Again and again, will you forgive me? So when asking for forgiveness just wasn't paying the bill, fierce anger mounted, and God's voice crept through. He said to me, 
There is a place for people like you somewhere in Reading. <laughs> I never looked back. The best rebuke to this day. Never underestimate the humbling power of going through the fire or where you might be experiencing it. I've never had the opportunity to share with my good friend, Mrs. Peach. She never asked, and my husband said that that was enough, and we left. Years later, Holy Spirit allowed me to send a Christmas card to her, honoring her and her husband for their encouragement into my life during that misdiagnosed season of deep birthing. And I think hmm, that's just about enough of a backstory. I have had a remarkable insight to sit in the pew, serve as a layperson, and walk out the calling of hats as a lead pastor. And what would I say today? <laughs> the courts of heaven were designed to receive the gift of repentance. Every high priest who comes has to deal with his own accusations first before representing people. Otherwise, your bells don't ring, referring to the bells on the garment of the high priest. We do not fight against flesh and blood, though my blood has needed tremendous cleansing. I forgive you. <laughs> that was a really <sighs> very difficult time. It was the second most rewritten portion because the first chapter, mm -hmm, that was rewritten many times. Difficult. As a pastor and a leader, it is an honor to work with so many gifted individuals. In this particular episode, it's important that we balance both sides of the page in an effort to grow individually, relationally, and discern spiritual gifting lending to peacemakers versus growing in the gifts of the Spirit in peacemaking. In many incidences, people who are peacemakers you find that their redemptive gifts are heavy on mercy, giver, and servant. Rightly so. They are selfless people. It is important to know that to the left and the right of this gift are prophet, teacher, and ruler. God purposes balance, ebb and flow, black and white. Now, from a personal place, my redemptive gift is a prophet, and that needs the softness of mercy and servant to tame and keep balance my black and white. Also, many of my dearest friends are peacemakers. They are supported by the redemptive gift prophet to keep a balance fending off enablement. Mm -hmm. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the chaos of your daily life? 
Do you find yourself struggling to keep up with your responsibilities both at work and at home? If so, I have a solution for you. As an Evernote expert, I have developed a series of templates and planners that will help you tame your work and organize your life. Using pretty Evernote templates with themes for workflow, home, finances, self-care, podcast, wedding, baby, and event, it's the perfect way to keep all aspects of your life in one place. Whether you need to keep track of your meetings, appointments, or even just your grocery list, my templates have got you covered. With just a few clicks, you can have a customized planner that suits your individual needs. And here's the best part. I guarantee that one well-used daily planner can change your life. I'm living proof! When you have a clear plan for your day, you'll be amazed at how much more you can accomplish. You'll feel less stressed and more in control of your life. So why wait? Try pretty Evernote templates and planners today and start taking control of your life. Let's get you started today. It's just a click away in your show notes. Having peace, following your path, wherever it may take you. Building block number four. In order for us to practice self-control, we must have a goal. We must have something we are saying yes to, which necessarily comes with the things that we must say no to. We use self-control or peace to maneuver ourselves toward this yes. This goal must be entirely our own. The minute another person is choosing or managing our goals for us, we have left self-control or peace behind. The credit is Pastor Danny Silk. Now, the action word in there is having peace. Having peace is possessive. (laughs) You carry it in your own pocket. Mm -hmm. It's, It's there. You carry it in your own pocket. You pull it in and out. So a written goal means you come into understanding and agreement with yourself, with God. You create a partnership. Many would call it knowing your why. What motivates you? Getting down to the bottom of things. What motivates your why? What causes you to move forward on this path? It becomes clear. Clarity enforces agreement and that you say yes to. Clarity also enforces understanding, and that's when we know to say no. So let's apply a little bit more life application. (laughs) A story. So the past couple of weeks have been trying both personally 
and relationally at the loss of a dear friend. I encourage you to listen to last week's episode, Seeds of Imagination. My dear friend is both brilliant and wise, and those words have a different perspective now that they are vibrating from heavenly places. Amen? It's a very good listen. So my story is sometimes a crisis pushes on triggers. Now, remember, I'm talking about having peace. So what do you mean by triggers, Kristen? Do you remember those little rubber band guns as a kid? Those rubber band guns, the triggers release a rubber band. And depending on where the gun is aimed is where the pain point arrives. So for me, my pain point causes, caused impatience with those around me. My husband, my dog, yep, a moment of confession. There is a real person learning peace and self-control on the other side of this microphone. Mm -hmm. The pain point was out to steal my peace point. That's a good word. The pain point was out to steal my peace point. (sighs) Having a goal to say yes to, meaning unpack it, talk about it with God until you have a strategic plan and know the first or the next or the continuing steps. Plans are invaluable. And if I can be of service to you in this area, please check out my Evernote planners and or a bit of a closer proximity, a coaching session. You are officially invited. Now, uh, a note of wisdom. I heard this. I tried to find the person who I thought authored the quote, and I couldn't find it. But I understand and comprehend it like this. God gave you the vision. God gave you the goal. Others may not support it. Support yourself. They may not support it until it's manifest. You're the one that God gave it to. You're the one that God speaks to and shows And you have discussions with him. It is important to remember others may not support it because they can't see it. Mm -hmm. Support yourself. Mm -hmm. Because of my pain point, I was being triggered. And after the fact... Yes, after the fact, after apologies, after saying, Kristen, get it together here. I asked God, why was I so vulnerable? And he said, because pain distracted you. (laughs) Now, I heard that from a, a few different perspectives. Weakness or disappointment with self distracted me. 
or those little nagging behaviors in others, you know, sometimes you see them, sometimes you can ignore them, and sometimes they distract the leaving bejeebies out of you, right? <laughs> That's what you call a trigger. Sometimes self, me, myself, and I just needs to take a warm blanket, pull it up over your head, and invite others to have a cuddle. Mm -hmm. Having peace, making peace, being peace, being at peace, walking with him who is peace, who lives in you. He is your peace and he lives in you. And giving yourself permission to be at peace. Good stuff. <sighs> okay. Shall we pray together? <laughs> Father God, <sighs> thank you for just shining light on the deepest places and reservoirs of our heart. I thank you that community is never broken. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are such a gentleman that you are always pulling the chair back at the table and inviting us to sit down in a closer way. <laughs> I ask for help. We ask for help. And I'm going to just stay quiet on that one for a minute. We ask for help. We ask for help to restore sitting at the table with peace on the inside of us. And that's a good word. And I think we will leave it right there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I don't know about you, but there's just something about the residue of the presence of God. And we can just be quiet in his presence and we just thank him. I thank him. I thank you for spending this time with me and us coming together and sitting at his table and for him pouring in the wisdom of himself in us. The peace literally begins with you and I. And, and we have peace because his name is Jesus Christ and he lives on the inside of us. <laughs> and those building blocks. Even through difficulty, we surrender to the difficulty because we learn to say, Jesus, I need you to carry the load. And in community, it's never broken because he's always inviting us to the table. 
And oh my goodness, give me a little fairy dust anytime. <laughs> you speak my language. We must have a goal. A goal to know him. To know ourselves in him. Because when we know ourselves in him, we know what our why is. And all of our yeses and where we need to say no thank you. Jesus has totally redefined what we used to say yes to. Good stuff. Thank you for spending this time with me. Ah, I look forward to hanging out with you next week. Be sure and share this with your friends. You have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll see you then. Bye now.